This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. You're tuned in to Tapped Out. Hosted by Brendan Tobin and Sean Levine, only on the BetQL Network. And welcome into Tapped Out here on the BetQL Network. However, you're checking us out on the Odyssey app, maybe on YouTube, with my producer Jake Noaker and my co-host Brendan Tobin. I'm the sports machine, Sean Levine, and we've got UFC 293 coming up right around the corner. Israel Adesanya, a big favorite against Sean Strickland, plus 450. Before we get too far into it. Are you surprised that Strickland is such a big underdog? Because when the odds came out, I knew he would be, but plus 450 is kind of crazy. Nah, I'm not that surprised. Uh, Izzy's one of the most dominant champions out there. He just avenged uh, his lone loss at middleweight in such an exciting fashion. And let's be honest about it. I mean, first of all, Sean Strickland is the beneficiary of a couple of things. One, Dracus Duplessis did not take this fight for whatever reason. Um, and Izzy's also kind of out of contenders. And so he's the beneficiary of Izzy dominating this division and looking for fresh blood. And the fact that he was the second pick and it was available and said, yes, that doesn't mean that, uh, you know, your people are going to favor how you are odds wise in this thing. So no, I'm not that surprised. He's the underdog that he is. He's a good fighter. He's, he's not very flashy. Uh, I think for people who don't watch a lot of Sean Strickland because he's on a on a fight night and, you know, maybe you only watch the pay-per-views, uh, Sean Strickland's a very come-forward fighter, a lot of uh, jabs and rights and likes to get a lot of decisions, although he did finish his last fight. Um, that's typically the way he goes about his business. It's not a very flashy style, but he does have a lot of success with it if he doesn't get caught. So do you think he's just the next man up? And what I mean by that is... Yeah, Adesanya has fought some killers along the way, the Robert Whitakers of the world. You think of guys like uh, Alex Pereira that's beat him a couple of times and is and, and, um, and Anderson Silva. There's been a lot of them. But then there's also been a lot of Paolo Costa. The fight wasn't even close. Marvin Vittori, Jared Cannonier. This kind of feels like one of those, doesn't it? And maybe that's what you were saying, where we're just kind of running out of dudes and Sean Strickland happens to be the next guy in line to go out there and get his ass kicked by Israel Adesanya. Yeah, and I I think it's kind of, you know, I think the the DDP matchup definitely had some some real venom to it. Now that Sean Strickland can't bring some of that with with press conference antics and things like that, but it doesn't feel like it's gotten too hostile um, because he does feel like he does everything very tongue-in-cheek. Like, Sean Strickland can say some really offensive stuff, but in a weird way, like, he's almost, I I think, always trying to do it with, like, a wink and a smile. whether you take it that way or not, but like, you know, we can take it from, you know, having him on the show, like he'll mess with you for five minutes before you even start interviewing him. And you could either be sensitive about it or you could kind of roll with it. So yeah, I mean, it could be one of those things where Izzy gets throughout this fight week and it gets a little bit more personal, but um, for him, it does feel a little bit like if it's going to be an exciting fight, maybe 
Izzy's got to kind of bring that out of him because he could maybe win this multiple ways. Uh, unless Sean's just coming forward with the pressure at all times. And, you know, Izzy finds him. Ne- I don't think Sean's going to get tired. So maybe he does find a little uh, room there and it can turn into an all-action fight, but it, it, it also could leave for Sean's just missing him all the time and he's just not fast enough to hit him. And so Izzy's going to make this look like easy work. So I think that's where it comes from. People just think that there's so many layers to Izzy striking and we don't see a lot of layers to Sean Strickland. He's just kind of straightforward. He's meat and potatoes. I'm not going to bet the minus 650 on Izzy Saturday night because the price is just too much. But I'll tell you this right now. Sean Strickland has no chance of winning this fight. And and I'll come on our next show next week and eat crow if I have to. And it happens. But not when I feel like this. I'll, I'll be absolutely shocked if somehow Sean Strickland's able to pull off this fight. And it's not a lack of skill. It's a lack of competition in the past. Like, we just talked about all the guys that Israel Adesanya's fought, and say what you will, but all those guys are absolute killers. You look at the common denominators, right, the fighters that both of those guys have fought. Strickland's fought Cannoneer also. Cannoneer beat him. Pereira knocked him out. You look at the wins that Sean Strickland has. His last win against Magomedov, Abus Magomedov, that is, impressive. Before that, Imovov, Jack Hermanson, Uriah Hall, then you're looking at Christoph Jocko, Brendan Allen's a killer, Jack Marshman. Not a lot of big names for Sean Strickland. I'd be surprised if he can do what he's done so far in his career and then take this big, giant leap of beating Israel Adesanya and becoming champion. I just can't imagine it happening. I, I don't disagree with you, and I don't really even think this is a shot at Sean Strickland because I think Sean Strickland is really good. But I think it's funny. I was listening to him this, uh, this week at Media Day, and – you know, people were talking about, well, are you going to wrestle? He goes, well, yeah, you know, I wrestle a ton, but you get in there. I'm not going to say exactly what his description of what happens to him when he gets to do a firefight. Thank you. I'll try to keep it clean. But he was basically saying, like, it gets the juices flowing, and I can't help it. I'm going to fight how I fight. And I just feel like if if Sean fights the way that he fights and he doesn't go to his other tools in the toolbox, I don't know what Izzy's got to fear, you know, because I don't feel like he's got the knockout power. He's not Alex Pajeda. Um, and could he just really come forward and outslick him with just simple head movements? I would be really surprised to see that. I mean, like the to I would be really surprised. Maybe like it would be like kind of what we saw with like Juliana Pena versus Amanda Nunes. You just would never think you'd ever think. Juliana would ever outstrike Amanda in anything. And that's with Sean being a really good striker, like by his standards, really good with his hands. I, I just, I don't know, man. I, I can't see it either. I think Izzy's going to take care of business. I think he's going to get a win. I don't know if he finishes him. I could see Sean making it to the final, to the final horn, but um, I don't, I don't think he can win a decision, especially in Australia. That was actually my next question. Yeah. UFC 293 is taking place in Australia. Obviously, Izzy is a New Zealander, amongst other flags that that guy claims. He's walked in with five or six of them in the octagon at different times. To your comparison about Pena and Nunes the first time, pretty much the same odds, right? I think Amanda came in that fight as like a minus 700. Izzy right now at BetMGM is a minus 650. Juliana won that fight, so we know that sometimes plus 450, five to one underdogs can pull it off. I tend to disagree with you, though, about the fight going the distance. 
I think somebody's getting knocked out here. I think that Sean Strickland understands maybe his best path to victory isn't standing in the middle of that octagon and banging with Israel Adesanya, who is one of the best strikers that we've ever seen. But I also think that might be his only path to victory. So somebody's getting knocked out. I'd actually be surprised. I, I completely disagree. I'd actually be surprised if we see the championship rounds in this one. And I know you can say well, we've seen a lot of Adesanya fights that just drag on and go into the fourth and the fifth and go to the cards. Because of that, I think he's heard that. And I think Adesanya understands it at this point in his career. Yeah, keep winning and keep defending that belt. And now the comparisons are coming in with the all-time greats, right? He was Dana was getting the questions, is Adesanya mm-hmm. better than Anderson Silva? I guess we can go down that path for a minute. Do you think we've gotten to that point where he is? I think that it's one of those things that's tough to judge in the moment because I think Anderson Silva's importance to the sport I don't think Izzy's past that. Like, I don't think he's gotten to that kind of stratosphere yet. And And the way that it ended, too, just to cut you off real quick for Anderson, this would be like looking way into your, you know, your your, your, your crystal ball five years into the future when Adesanya is, you know, 38, 39 years old. At that point, if he's still fighting like Silva was, maybe he loses four of his last fights like like, like, like the spider did. Do we really yeah. hold against him? So right I, now well, see, I agree with you. It's pretty tough to say. You care about that stuff a lot more than I do about the finish. I like I, I, I always look at what is the most important part of the guy's career and what does that mean? Like one of the things yeah. that drives me nuts right now is like, especially in the lighter divisions, they're always like, well, whoever's on top right now is the GOAT. And the only guy I think has really ever really touched coming towards one of the icons, it was Usman to GSP. I thought he was almost there. Mm. And he didn't. I don't think he passed him. Like, that, that at, the, at the creme de la creme, I think, like, Usman didn't quite get there. He's the second best. But people were doing this with Aljo. They're like, oh, Aljo's the best bantamweight of all time. I'm like, he is? Nobody seems to like him as champion, and now you're all crowning him the bantamweight goat after two title defenses? That seems a little crazy to me. I mean, I remember watching Dominic Cruz. It's like nothing we've ever seen in the octagon. So I do think like we get a, because this is a very relatively new sport, we get a little bit crazy on trying to leapfrog our icons. And I just don't think he's there yet from a standpoint of importance of passing Anderson Silva to me. Like him beating Anderson Silva has no bearing on the the rankings for me uh, uh, between the both of them. Um, But, you know, I don't know. Like, it, it, to me, there wasn't like when, when Anderson Silva lost to Chris Weidman, it felt like the world stopped. When he lost to Pajeda, yeah. not really. It's like, ah, that's MMA. You know, it didn't have that that shock and awe factor for me. So I, I don't think he's passed him for me yet. Who's the best featherweight of all time? <laughs> I don't want to do this. Who is it? Don't be a jerk. Who is it? Who I think it? it's Connor. I think it's Connor. This guy. This guy. Okay. All right. Uh, we move on. The co main event. Taitu Ivasa versus Alexander Volkov. Again, I'm not surprised that Bam Bam Taitu Ivasa is the underdog, but you're going to give me two to one on a guy that obviously has knockout power. Volkov has been on a little bit of a run. Minus 250. I don't think I'm willing to pay that for Volkov, even though the guy's like eight foot three. Yeah, and there's just a little bit like we talk about a guy on this show a lot and Derek Lewis. Like people always seem to be very quick to, to write off the huge knockout artist because they get on a little bit of a lull. I mean, the guys that he's lost to, we just saw surreal God. We were doing this with surreal God, surreal God last week. 
you know, looked like a looked like an absolute stud again. Uh, heavyweight's so tough because your margin for error is so small. I think if you're getting, yeah, if you get, you're talking tied to Ivasa, what kind of a killer this guy is. He's young. He's been in there with some of the absolute best. And Volkov's, I, it pains me to say this, friend of the show invited us ice diving one time. Yeah. But, you know, he's kind of the perennial gatekeeper. And I, I, I just, I think that tied to Ivasa, I'm not ready to count him out of contendership yet. I still think that there's there's a chance for this guy to improve, get on a run, and be dangerous. So I like him as the dog. How dare you? That man said to us, why don't you come to Russia and come ice fishing? And now you're saying he's going to lose this fight? You're unbelievable. How do you feel about uh, Justin Taffa and Austin Lane back in the octagon? Austin Lane plus yeah. 185, the underdog. Taffa minus 225, the fave. Yeah, they have to run this back because uh, Austin Lane poked him in the eye, Justin Taffa in sure Jacksonville. Did. That's supposed to be a big thing for Austin Lane, the former Jacksonville Jaguar, uh, who once was knocked out by Greg Hardy. Um, I like Austin Lane, but I, I that's another guy. I've interviewed him before. He's a very charming fellow. I think that he'll be a little less amped up. He wants to get this done. This means a lot more to him. And uh, I'm gonna ride, I'm gonna ride with him to to uh, to get the victory. From Jacksonville, Florida to Australia. Between your two fights, that's Brendan Tobin, Sports Machine, Sean Levine. You mentioned Cyril Gaon getting back in the winning category. Let's talk about that. And other news and notes on the other side right here. BetQL Network, YouTube, and all over the world on the Odyssey app. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
We're back with more Tapped Out with Brendan Tobin and Sean Levine on the BetQL Network. What's good? Welcome back into Tapped Out. However, you're checking us out, YouTube, the Odyssey app on the BetQL Network with Jake Noaker and Brendan Tobin. Sports machine, Sean Levine. All right, let's get into some news and notes. Surreal gone last Saturday took out by knockout Sergey Spivak. I've been really, really tough on Surreal gone because I'm not saying that he got handed that John Jones fight, but what I'm trying to tell you is I haven't really seen him look all that impressive in the octagon. It feels like a lot more bark than bite until last Saturday, and he looked great against Sergey Spivak. So, do I owe Gon a public apology, or was that just a good matchup for him? I don't think you owe him an apology um, because I think it's it's it was a I think it was a must win for him because you know as good you know Spivak was on a little bit of a run. Um, we were talking last week, like I do think must he was. Win. You, you, you say must win. You mean to be spoken about in the title conversation? Yeah, I, you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah. I'm not saying yeah. like he's going to get cut. I think I mean he's sure. if he's going to be that dude if he's going to be in that you know category with you know Pavlovich and Aspinall and whatever the next wave of heavyweight is God needs to beat Sergey Spivak and uh I thought it was a great performance from him I think yeah you're right that's that's probably as good as we've seen him look as dominant as we've seen him probably look since you know before fighting Francis you know where where he was you know looking good against Rosenstrike and Volkov and Derek Lewis when he was really rising to his prominence. And so, you know, you do forget this guy's only got 14 pro fights. And, you know, there, there is a, a learning curve with some of these guys. And you go up against John Jones. There's not really a shame in losing that. The Francis fight's the one that's always going to haunt him because it really feels like he fumbled that fight. Like, that was supposed to be, you know, that was he had the lead in that fight. You're taking on a guy with two bad knees and you let him out grapple you. Like, that one is the one where everybody's just like, wait, I thought this guy was the next thing. He, he just got out-wrestled by a guy who doesn't wrestle. So, yeah, he gets a much-needed win, and uh, now he still gets to be in that mix, whatever the next chapter of heavyweight happens to be, whether that is him versus Aspinall or Pavlovich or whoever. Um, you know, the, uh, the, the book is not closed on Surreal Gone being a contender yet. John Jones is going to fight Stipe Miocic, UFC 295. Obviously, John right now has the title. I think everybody in this room agrees there's a pretty good chance. Win, lose, or draw for both those guys. We could see a double retirement. I think it's more likely than not, actually, that both those guys call it a day. And then it kind of screws things up, clears things up for the heavyweight division, depending on how you look at it. So if I gave you a stack of money, right, you get a free million-dollar bet, and I need you to tell me who the heavyweight champion at the end of next year is going to be because at the end of 2023 it's going to be either john jones or steve Miocic. what about like a year and change from now because you know i'm saying tom Aspinall. uh and i think that's a good bet and i don't know what the odds would be it'd be great if we could find somebody who had like who would be the odds for you know heavyweight champ by the end of 2024 they make a lot of odds man i don't know if we could find that one i don't know i, I, sounds, I, I, don't, I don't know it's a little wacky. It's a little bit of a wacky list. I mean, it's kind of like we did this bit, I think, like at uh, right out of New Year's, but of, of who the champ would be. I, look, dude, the guy for me is Pavlovich. He's so scary. I think that he's so scary John Jones doesn't want it because John Jones could keep fighting. Like, the only reason John's sitting here and he's like, yeah, I don't know if I want to keep fighting after this because nobody knows who Pavlovich is. 
I'm not calling John scared because, come on, he's the baddest man to ever do this sport. But I kind of understand the decision. Like, I saw that dude obliterate Tai Tuivasa like 10 feet away from me. I wouldn't step in a cage with that Russian. Well, the problem for John, on, and just to defend him, is there's really no upside for him. Let's say he does go out there and takes care of him real quick like he did Cyril Gone. Oh, my gosh, everybody's been talking about this guy, and now he steps into the octagon and John Jones beats him up. It's not like we think more of John Jones really after beating Cyril Gone. Maybe a little bit because that was his first fight as a heavyweight, but you get my point. Like, if you beat Stipe, dude, that's another notch in the belt, right? That's another line on the resume. You beat the greatest heavyweight yeah. of all time. Maybe that automatically makes you also the greatest heavyweight of all time along with the best mixed martial artist. If you go out there and beat this, that other guy, what does that really mean? I'm totally with you. This this fight coming up for them is history. It's 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 a huge deal that these two guys, like we were just talking in the last thing about icons, like you're talking about like maybe the best guy to do it against maybe the best heavyweight to do it. Like you don't you don't get too many of these in UFC. You get to see history right in front of the in front of, in front of your eyes. What does it do for John to beat Sergey Pavlovich? I don't really know. Honestly, other than it being an awesome fight. And, and you know what? Maybe he still even beats Sergey Pavlovich. But will anybody remember that more than Stipe? Probably not. And if for whatever reason he was to lose to Pavlovich, then people can start to say, oh, well, he's no longer, quote-unquote, undefeated, and you can bring GSP and some of these other guys into the greatest of all time conversation. I just don't see what John really has to gain. I think he's done after he fights Stipe Miocic. All right, let's talk about last Saturday night's co-main event. Rose Namajunas lost to, how did I say it, Fioro? Did I say that right, her last name? I probably should yeah, know it since she pretty much beat since she beat up Rose, what do you think's next for Rose? Because she's gonna, she says she's going to stay at flyweight. Dana says he has to have a conversation with her. What do you think that's all about? That is a little bit strange that Rose seems so insistent on it um, because I never felt like weight was a big issue for her. Like, we've heard that with fighters like Joanna. Joanna's talked about how much she hates that weight cut. Um, and especially the thing that I find interesting about it, Sean, more than anything, is the fact that she's beaten Zhang Weili twice and so the reigning champion it's such an odd thing like you make the weight division change typically you do that because you're looking for a new path because you don't have something over the champion so i find it strange it's not like carla spars is on top anymore why does she find this insistence on not staying there because her versus zhang weili i would watch that fight again it's a it's a great matchup the first fight, sick KO. The second fight, super close, awesome fight. So I don't really other than she's just at a point where she's sick of making the weight. And, you know, sometimes for, you know, women, they, they get a little more tired of doing that at a, at a younger age than men do. And so maybe that's what it is. She's just, she's, it's just not good for her health and she doesn't want to do it anymore. But, you know, we're talking about the person who's probably the best straw weight in the world, but flyweight, I'm not quite sure. Her hand looked nasty after that yeah. fight. And she broke her pinky in the first and kept fighting because that's what a thug does. Weird, though, because she beat Andrade. That was back in 2020, COVID. And then she took out Wei Li, as you mentioned, in 21 twice. And then her last couple of fights just hasn't really looked like the same road. So you do question if it's the advice she gets maybe from her corner man slash partner, Pat Barry, if it's you know changing weight classes. You wonder what it is with Rose, but she certainly hasn't looked necessarily the same that we've gotten used to. Um, 
Sugar Sean is the champion, and he's looked better than ever. Looks like it's going to be Cheeto in December, at least out of the words of Sugar himself. Do you think that's the fight ultimately? That we, like, if I ask you, what fight do you think O'Malley fights next? Not who do you want to see? Not who do you think that? Who do you think it actually is? No, I agree. I think Cheeto's the play there, um, and I do think that they're going to give Sean a little bit of the the playpen that Izzy gets to be in that, you know, Izzy kind of gets to call his own shots, but he'll also take on the top guys because I do think that we're going to see an active Sean O'Malley. I think this is Sean O'Malley's time to strike. I think he knows that the more pay-per-views he's in, the more revenue he can collect. Um, and so I think Izzy's kind of shown the path to this. People always talk about, you know, fighter pay and all that stuff. But if you're a champion and you're fighting a lot and you're inactive and you're active out there, um, I think that's where you can make your mark. And so if he's a champ who could fight three times a year, I'm not going to quibble over him fighting, you know, one fight against Cheeto, even though maybe Marab's more deserving because he'll probably fight Marab next year, you know? So I, I don't really have an issue with it. It's obviously got a lot of drama to it. They hate each other's guts. Cheeto's got the victory over him. What's not to like about that? It's going to be a fun fight. Um, so there's not much to quibble over on it because I do think that, if Sean stays on top, I do think Sean will, will fight the top guys. I do think Marab will get his crack. I do think that Sandhagen will get his crack. All right, I won't quibble then. Although, I, I hope you're right on all fronts. I hope that it is Cheeto because that's the matchup that I think has the most, I guess, interest, at least from my perspective. I want to see the rematch. We like both the guys. I think it's a winnable fight for Sean. He's going to be the favorite. Then we get to hear him and see him defend his belt and all that stuff. So, I think it's it's a it's a really natural fight. And then I also hope that you're right that he's active like Adesanya because Adesanya doesn't have to be that way. Like you said, he gets to call his own shots. He's defended his belt so many times at this point. He pretty much does what he wants. And what he wants to do is fight. I hope Sean does the same thing. I'm curious for this standpoint, you uh, you know, Cheeto guy we've had on the show multiple times, Sean O'Malley, still love him, even though he called me fat and dumb. Um but what do the odds have to be for you to bet on Cheeto? Like, he's obviously got the capability of beating Sean, but I do think that he's going to be a pretty sizable dog because, let's be frank about it, he hasn't looked all that great recently. He hasn't lost a lot of fights, but he hasn't looked tremendous. He has not looked like the guy that was who seemed like he was on his way to, to a, a championship. Yeah, I, and I don't want to answer your question with a question, but... Who do you think has gotten better since the first time they fought? Because I hear what you're saying. Cheeto hasn't looked awesome his last couple of fights. But, dude, he's a much better fighter since the first time around. Twist my arm. I don't need that big of a number. I will bet on Cheeto Vera against Sean O'Malley. Give me, like, give me two to one. I've already seen him beat him before, so I know that right. it's possible, right? We've seen O'Malley get into fights before. Think about a fight, like, uh, against Moutinho, where he's hitting him and hitting him and hitting him. For whatever reason, can't take him out. Now, ultimately, he did, but it took a while if you give me Cheeto to win the fight, maybe inside the distance or at least the fight to go a while, yeah, I don't have to get too big of a number on it. Why, you think O'Malley's a lock in that fight? I don't think he's a lock, but I do think that you ask who's been better, and I actually don't even think it's been that long, but you know, you've seen Sean O'Malley now, and he's he's taken out Piotr Jan, a close fight, but this performance against Aljo with the, with the, the lights bright and all the pressure on him, does exactly what he needed to do to, to get the rocket to his back. And with Cheeto, I feel like, you know, he's been kind of handed these opportunities, like, go show us that you're going to be in this, you know, you're going to be amongst the best here. And 
man, Pedro Munoz gave him all he could handle. Uh, you know, we saw him get pretty squashed by Corey Sandhagen. Um, and he needed some head kicks to finish an old man and, and Dominic Cruz. So yeah, I, I, I have my questions with with Cheeto going into that matchup. And maybe it's a badass fight, like a just an all-time great, and then they make it a trilogy. Maybe. John wins because right now there's there's all these different guys that want O'Malley next, right? Triple C's got his name in his mouth, and Corey Sandhagen and Marab, and there's a bunch of dudes that want the O'Malley fight. I wonder if there's a chance that his next two fights could be against Cheeto Vera if things happen to work out the right way. All right, we'll keep talking MMA here. Appreciate you checking us out on the Odyssey app, YouTube, on the BetQL network. It's tapped out. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. into the cage with Brendan Tobin in Are You Gonna Fight Me? I'm gonna fight your ass. Here on Tapped Out. That's right, fight me like a man. Only on the BetQL Network. You know the rules. I want a good, clean fight. When I tell you to break, I want you to step back up my command and break. And I go back to the corner and come out fighting at the bell. <laughs> Maybe the worst bell I've ever heard, but it is one. That's 
Jake Noaker. That's Brendan Tobin. I'm the sports machine, Sean Levine. The sound of that fake bell means it's time for BT to get beat up in a segment called You're Gonna Fight Me. Conor McGregor is officially a black belt. You're gonna fight me if I say there's no way we're gonna see him in the octagon in 2023. I, I'm still not ruling it out. Like, I, I wouldn't put it past, past the UFC. I wouldn't put it past... Let me tell you something. If he's not fighting, I think it's because he just genuinely doesn't feel confident in his health. I don't think it's because the UFC wouldn't uh, give him a pass on the USADA thing. I think if he is still recovering and he still is not quite sure that he's ready to go, I think it's more that reason than it is the UFC wouldn't skate the rules. Like... You know, Dana White could tell USADA to take a hike. He doesn't have to listen to USADA. He has so, before. Yeah. So I don't think it's uh I, I I think if it is, it's it's more of a case of Connor not wanting it to be this year than anything else. Brock Lesnar, remember they were like, Yeah, we knew, but we also needed him to fight, you know. So USADA when it matters, when we you know we'll kind of use it to our advantage. Although, here's an alternative scenario with Conor McGregor that maybe hasn't popped into your head, so let me throw it out there. UFC 293 is coming up on Saturday, which means that we've got, what's that, seven more until UFC 300. That's only a matter of months away. At this point, just wait and have Conor McGregor fight on that card because I'm not really sure who the main event's going to be. If we think that John Jones and Stipe are both going to be retired and there's a bunch of other guys that the schedule has to work out, or gals, Conor McGregor is always a good option to be your main event, no matter who he's fighting. Maybe they're just doing that. And maybe behind the scenes, somebody's told Conor that and been like, look, dude, take your time. We'll get it figured out. The fight's going to go down. Because as big as McGregor and Chandler would be on any fight card, as a as as the headline of, of, of a pay-per-view UFC 300, that's as big as it gets. Yeah, it's interesting. I saw this week... Um, I think Israel Adesanya said that he really wants to headline that card. And the only guy that he would co-main for is Volkanovsky, but he'd co-main and maybe be third up on the list. If it was Conor McGregor, would he fight I mean, like who, who, who is he versus who have, though? The, as much the as the only, like, is he versus who? The only guy I think that it would be like, Oh my God, would be Hamzat. Like if Hamzat wins this fight against Paolo, Hamzat is, he's a great fight. But if, great if, fight. yeah, if they had, if they had their ways about it, Connor versus Chan, and I think that especially if they're worried about Connor winning, like if they don't think Connor can win, like and if Dana's having the truth serum at the blackjack table, and it's you, me, and Dana, we're like Dana, you really think uh, you, you think uh, Connor can win this fight? He goes, I don't think he can win this fight, so we're just saving him just for one more Connor round. Because if he thought he could win the fight, like the fight to do it, and you've said this is him versus Nate, like that's that's the fight to do at UFC 300. I think that there's a good chance that if you had Dana White hooked up to a polygraph test and you said, hey, man, it's Connor Walsh in the octagon. Is he going to get his ass kicked no matter who he fights next? If he said, no, nah, he's still Connor, that thing would start going crazy. Like, I think that's what most of us are thinking with Connor McGregor. That's what I'm thinking with Connor McGregor. I don't expect him to look great the next time he steps in the octagon. In fact, I expect him to look like crap and get his ass kicked no matter who he's fighting, most likely Michael Chandler. So all that... To say, I still like to see it would still be a main event, even if it is Adesanya versus Hamzad on that card. I mean, Conor McGregor, no matter who he fights, would be the main event. Speaking of Hamzad Chimaev, he has a fight coming up in the next pay per view, taking on Paulo Costa. You're going to fight me if I say 
Hamzad ragdolls his ass. That one is done in one. Yeah, I mean, like that's I'll, I'll, I'll split it like this. Yes, I'm going to fight you because I think Paulo Costa is a dog. I like the fact that he is back at his home in middleweight. Um, I think that's going to be better for him. Uh, I don't know how he makes middleweight, but he does, and we've seen it. And the guy looks like an absolute, you know, Terminator when he's right. Uh, if he's not right and he's being weird and he's drinking wine on the weigh-ins, then yeah, he could probably get ragged on. But the best Paulo Costa is definitely good enough to beat a Hamzat Shemaev. Uh, do I want that to happen is the other question. I would say no, because I think, as I've just said, I think probably one of the biggest fights that the UFC can make right now, just based on characters and buildup and stylistic matchup, I'd really love to see Hamza versus Stylebender. I think that's a really, really fun fight. Who are you taking? I'd take Izzy. I'd still take Izzy because, I mean, you're talking – what we were just saying, arguing maybe the best middleweight of all time, second best middleweight of all time versus a guy who we haven't really seen at the top yet. He still has to have his Sean O'Malley moment. He has to prove it. Oh, uh, I don't know about that. He did beat Gilbert Burns, but I, I hear what you're saying. And in, in, in general, Hamzat needs to, it feels like he's one step down, but could easily become the guy, right? Yeah, but Gilbert, uh, this, this is what I would say. Beating Gilbert Burns was like O'Malley beating Jan. Like, it was, okay, yeah. maybe he is ready for the big leagues. He still needs the moment to show you're the man. Like, you still need that from Hamzat. I don't yeah, think we're it was. The same thing. Eh, I think maybe we are. Brendan Tobin, Sports Machine, Sean Levine. Appreciate you checking us out here on YouTube, the Odyssey app. It's the BetQL Network. All right, Mike Perry, he's still the champion, right? The bare-knuckle champion? Uh, I don't know if he ever won a belt. I think like he's just fought like ex UFC guys. No, no, he's got the belt. He's got like all the belts when it comes to bare knuckle. He's the man. The I don't think he belt, does. Real belt. I, he's I got think, all the belts. I, think, all right. I was once a voter for bare knuckle. I'm pretty sure Luis Baboon Palomino has all the belts. <laughs> well, I'm glad they stripped you of your vote. Um, he said he's I voluntarily gave it up. That's what they say. Um, I would, dude, it was Perry. ridiculous. It'd be like. It's like if I was voting for the Heisman, but I don't watch college football. Every week. I, I, they're like, hey, you got to get your vote in on Bare Knuckle. I'm like, dude, I watch three cards a year. I don't know what to tell you. I'm not voting on this anymore. I, I, I question some of those people that have the Heisman vote. Anyway, Mike Perry says he's never coming back to the UFC. You're going to fight me if I say, I'd like to see it. I'm not saying he was ever a great fighter or anything like that, but I feel, still feel like he's got entertainment value, and he's still young enough where – Get him a good opponent or two. I think you draw a crowd. You're telling me that Mike Perry could, still couldn't headline a fight night? Of course he could. Uh, I don't know, man. Like Maybe. he had a lot of hole. He had a lot of holes is in his game. Like I, I, he needs the right matchups to bring him back. And I think he's perfect for bare knuckle. I mean, like you know, come perfect. forward, slug, aggression. Like he's he's made for that sport, which is not made for everybody. Not everybody who succeeds in UFC, look at Luke Rockle. I mean, like, it's not for everybody. But would I don't know, would Mike Perry coming back? Mike Perry's such a niche fighter. Like, I feel like him coming back to the UFC, it's like, oh, yeah, Mike Perry's making his return. But, like, I don't think people are going to be like, oh, got to tune in and see what's going to happen with the Mike Perry show. Jake, you down for some more Mike Perry? Dude, Mike Perry is the man. I mean, he said, he told Luke Rockhold, I'm going to punch your fist with my head. He proceeds to punch his fist with his head, and then he breaks Luke Rockhold's hand. I mean, it doesn't get better than that, man. Mike Perry's the GOAT. It is 
it is the perfect sport though as bt points out like it feels like we all need to find our avenue and mike perry absolutely has when it comes to bare knuckles speaking of friend of the show he's joined us what last week junior dos santo what but just want to say like he lost four out of his last five with his one win being against mickey gall like you know i mean oh look who cares about the record all of a sudden look who's bringing up the record no one's ever no one has ever asked is mike perry the goat i'm sorry that's never been asked in the history of combat fighting I bring up Cowboy Cerrone at the end and Tony Ferguson. It's like, hey, we don't have to talk about that. Oh, Mike Perry's one and four in his last five. Who gives a damn? Um, Speaking of bare knuckle fighting, this is what I was getting at before you so rudely cut me off. Last week, we had on Junior Dos Santos. He fights Fabricio Verdu coming up. Well, that's this Saturday night. Who you got? I think it's Friday night. Yeah, Friday night. Uh, I'm going with JDS. Just because I saw him do his media workout. And let me tell you something about USADA. These boys are not partaking. <laughs> they are not partaking. <laughs> and they look at they they may be slow, but they're packing a wallop, dude. And uh I don't what? know. He, you know, he, he's he's six years younger, still a little bit fresher. I feel like I'm gonna go with JDS. I mean, he, dude, he, he kicked like a, a pad next to my face. I was so scared. I mean, it was it was a whole. I mean, who survives that? For such a scary, intimidating figure, he is such a soft, gentle guy. Nice like when guy. We had him on the show. What a sweetheart! It's crazy how many times you bring on these fighters that are complete train killers, total badasses. The last guy in the world you want to run into, and then Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. He's like thanking you ten times for bringing him on the show. It's like uh, this is just uh, these guys are just wired different than you and I. All right, let's get back to the you're going to fight me, talk a little boxing. Canelo's next fight coming up against Jamel Charlo. I got Charlo, man. I think he beats him up the same way Bebo. Really? Maybe I'm wrong. I just think that Canelo, can't you see the beginning of the end? It's an interesting question because I feel like the thing that's interesting with this Terrence Crawford talk is everybody's really overlooked Jamel Charlo. And Jamel Charlo... Crawford would kill Canelo. Are you kidding? That wouldn't be it's close. A big, it's a big weight jump. Now? I mean, look, look now? I, I, I think he would win. Would he kill him? I don't know. Like, are you telling me he would do to Errol Spence? Like, could he outpoint him? There's been a lot of guys that he's had trouble with. Gennady Golovkin, uh, Eric's, uh, Arislandi Lara, Austin Trout, Floyd Mayweather, obviously. So, like, the really skilled boxers have always given Canelo, Bevel. They, I mean, all the really skilled boxers have always given Canelo trouble. I wouldn't say, like, he's ever in those fights look like he's been beat down even in the Bevo fight like at Bevo clearly won the fight it didn't I didn't feel like we had to get Canelo to the hospital no 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 no. Well, okay then you tell me does Bud Crawford not knock him out I think it does look the same way as the Errol Spence fight did a lot the same way where we can hype it up but the truth is after seeing it Spence had no chance they didn't belong in the same ring let alone mm-hmm. the same zip code and this is no disrespect to Canelo. I just look at what he's done in his last handful of fights and what Bud Crawford did a month ago. It's like these guys are just on different planets right now. Well, I, I get what you're saying, and I do think that right now everybody's looking at Terrence Crawford and saying, like, there's not a better boxer than this guy. Mind you, he fought that entire fight against Errol Spence Southpaw. He could fight from both stances. He chose to go out there and out do Errol Spence in his two best thing, fighting Southpaw yeah. and leading with the jab. That's how sick this guy is. Um, 
getting back to your point on Charlo, if he could go out there and could he beat Canelo, to me, it, it's really a puncher's chance for him. And it's a good puncher's chance because he's got some really good power. He's knocked out some really impressive guys. Um, and, and not a, you know, his Brian Castaño matchups have been fun. You know, Castaño did – it was a very fun match between them both. They fought to a draw and then fought a really highly because fight till he won via KO. Jason Rosario is a tough guy that he's beaten. Tony, Tony Harrison, he's knocked out. Even Erickson Lubin, uh, you know, beat way back when, you know, he was uh, just getting into his title reign. So he's beaten some really impressive guys. He's bounced back from some adversity. The thing that I just wonder with him is, is his power going to carry? And this is kind of the question with Terrence. Does his power carry up to 168? Does it carry uh, to a point where he could really hurt Canelo? And that I'm a little skeptical of. It is a big jump. You are taking on a much bigger guy who's used to fighting light heavyweights. He's fought Sergey Kovalev. He's been in there with Bevel. He's been in there with actual monsters in competitive fights. I do think that's a big jump and a big ask to say, can he knock him out? Because I don't think he can win a decision against him. We'll see if we get that Canelo-Bud Crawford fight. We do know we're going to get Errol Spence versus Bud Crawford, too, because Spence evoked the rematch. Who gives a damn? I can't imagine how bad the, the pay-per-view numbers are going to be. Obviously, wherever they fight, it's going to be sold out in-house. But the pay-per-view numbers, nobody's going to care about that fight. And I think it's going to be just as one-sided as it was the first time. Can't wait to see what the odds look like. It's going to be crazy. Coming up next, we put a bow on this bad boy. appreciate you checking us out here on the BetQL Network, YouTube, and all over the world on the Odyssey app. back with more tapped out with brendan tobin and sean levine on the betql network tapped out 
Welcome back, BetQL Network, YouTube on the Odyssey app. Wherever you're checking us out, we appreciate it. That's producer Jake Nowaker, Brendan Tobin, me. I am merely the sports machine, Sean Levine. Method to the madness time, guys. How are we making our money on Saturday night? UFC 293 from Australia, mate. The main event, Israel Adesanya, minus 650. Big favorite against Tarzan, Sean Strickland. You can get plus 450. BT, how you betting the fight? Uh, I am going to go with Izzy winning by decision. I am going to give Sean Strickland the respect of hitting the final horn. Um, but I don't think, I don't, I just don't know what his path to victory is. I honestly think this could be a pretty fun fight. Um, because I do think he's going to come forward. I think that's going to make for some good target practice for Izzy, but maybe there'll be a moment. Like we talked about, you know, uh, we talked about Anderson Silver earlier in the show, like, and listen, maybe Israel Adesanya clowns a little bit. Maybe he sticks his chin out there, and maybe he has a Chris Weidman moment. But I doubt it. And, uh, and I'm going to go with uh, Style Bender to win this one uh, via points. That's a hell of a prediction right there. Just maybe he sticks his chin out and dances around a little bit. I don't think when Izzy gets in boring fights, it's because he's messing around. I just think it's because he waits a little bit too long for the counter punch or thinks that he can win on points, whatever it is. I, I, I would be shocked if he goes out there and he doesn't take it completely seriously because he's such a heavy favorite just because Sean Strickland's the next one in line. Because that's what that's that's what, that's what what this fighter was doing that night, which is crazy to do inside the UFC octagon. Jake, do you see any way Sean Strickland, the plus 450 underdog, can pull it off? No. No, no exciting answer for me. Plus 100, Izzy by knockout, bet MGM, double your money, easy night on the on the wallet right there. I mean, there's just no way. So I'm, I'm looking at it. He, he I'm looking win. at it a lot the same way that you are, right? Even money, though, just doesn't pay you very much. To say that this fighter is going to win and this is how he's going to do it, and Sean Strickland definitely has a chin. Not to say he can't get knocked out. Pereira put him on his ass. But he's a tough guy to put out. I think I agree with you, though, Jake, which is something I really don't like to do, especially only at <laughs> even money. But I'll take Adesanya to knock him out only because, BT, what you said, I think that it's a fun fight. I think Sean Strickland's more aggressive than he usually is. I think this looks more like a Adesanya-Robert Whitaker fight than an Adesanya-Joel Romero fight, if you know what I'm saying. I think we get a good one. I agree. I think it's going to be a good one. And I think that, you know, even the fights that Izzy's boring or people will say boring, like, you know, people go to the Cannoneer one where people left. Like, it wasn't like it wasn't like they weren't trying to have some action. It's just Izzy's hard to hit. I think the thing that will make Strickland a little bit different is, you know, Cannoneer's obviously loaded up for those power shots, whereas Sean's going to set things up with the jab. He's going to come down the pipe. So maybe he will find a little bit more connectivity with those shots. But, yeah, I just, I mean, to think that he's going to pull something out of his hat, I don't know, man. That'd be, that, that would be, that would be like Leon last round shocking against Kamaru. Like, it's, it, it's a pretty wild one. And, and Sean's, year. he's not going to be able to pull something out of his hat. He's going to have to go in there and fight smart. And the way to do that against Izzy is going to be to wrestle him. That's no secret. Sean's a black belt in BJJ. He grew up wrestling. Sean said it himself. He needs to wrestle. But, what he also said with that, I don't remember her name, that girl Nina who does all the UFC interviews, he told her he's not going to wrestle. He's going to go in there, stand and bang, because he wants to knock Izzy out, and that's why I think Sean's going to get knocked out. Otherwise, it'd be on the decision train for Izzy, but no. I do like the fact that his mission, because it was already a question mark if he was going to come into Australia, 
I do like the fact that he has spent his entire time looking for a kangaroo to square up with in Australia. Because <laughs> that's how Sean Strickland is. Just, that's how he's living his life. Uh, not a kangaroo, but a killer gorilla. Jared Cannonier is the backup fighter for what it's worth in this fight. And I fought a kangaroo one time at the Kansas City Zoo back in 2001. Didn't go well for me. Didn't I didn't get knocked out, but let's just say the kangaroo dominated the fight and got his hand raised at the end. Um, Another guy that's trying to get his hand raised. Speaking of kangaroos, how about this? Ty Tuivasa, plus 200. The underdog against Alex Volkov, friend of the show at Minex 250. Where's your money going in the co-main event, BT? I want Ty because, like, it's, I love the shoey, you know? Even, even as our friendship that runs deep. In Australia. But, man, Volkov, look, look at like He's a tough guy to knock out. The, you know, last time he's been knocked out, 2018, Derek Lewis. I mean, like, you, so you need to have. And that was a miracle. A miracle Hail Mary one, too. Yeah, he kind of stuck out. So it's really hard to knock him out. So Aspinall's got to go win a decision. I mean, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Ty Tuivasa's got to go win a decision, which is, you know, it can be tough against a guy like like Volkov because he is, uh, you know, he's very lanky. He's long. You got to get inside that reach. Uh, but I do like the value. I'm going to play him as a dog in Australia. I don't know if he gets the knockout, though. I, I think that the the method's probably going to be via decision. But it is only a three-round fight, so I think that's doable for him. I just wonder how Taitui Voss can get inside with that length distance that he has. I mean, Alex Volkov's got some just absolute buildings for arms. Jake, who's winning this fight? It's a tough one, man. It's, it shouldn't be in the 200s. I think this is a more even fight than that just because of the technicality of Volkov and the, the power of Tuivasa. So I'm, I'm going to lay some on the underdog. Plus 200 is enough for me. I'll lay some on that. Not a lot. I don't think Ty's going to win, but I want Ty to win, and I'll bet with the heart for once. Uh, I don't know, Sean. How do you feel? Well, we've all seen the stats about the heavyweight fights and how often they end in one and how often they end in knockout, and that's happening. And I'm not sure who. I'm not sure who's going to end up winning this fight. I'm not sure who's going to end up on their back, but I'm telling you guys this. It's probably not getting to the second round, so take the unders on the rounds and take the fight to finish by knockout. You can only get something like plus 200 on something like that, but I feel pretty damn good about it. This fight's not going to go that long. Somebody's going to find the other guy's chin. If, if you made me bet it, I'll take the underdog at high to Ivasa only because, like Jake said, it probably should be a more even fight. So give me two to one. All right, speaking of the big dudes, Austin Lane plus 185 takes on Justin Taffa, BT. Somebody's getting knocked out in this one, right? Assuming nobody's eyeball gets poked out again. Well, that was that was the big issue. It's like, yeah, there, we, we were thinking that probably the last time around. And, uh, you know, Austin Lane's punishment is, hey, instead of the fight being in your backyard, you have to go across the planet to go make your <laughs> UFC. I guess is this technically, I guess it's not his UFC debut because he did debut, but I guess this is going to be his first actual UFC fight because there wasn't really a How fight. Work, so. Technically, I feel like that's like an at-bat like, where you get walked. We're like, it's not really an yeah. at-bat, sorry. It's a, it's a weird, either way, he's, you know, hopefully he'll actually get his chance. Like, look, to go from the guy that basically got Greg Hardy on the map to this moment. It's a cool journey for him. He's a, he's a very, very nice guy. He's, uh, you know, the question is, is he a good fighter? Tafa's no joke. It's a big, it's, it is that step up into the big leagues for him. Um, and he's got to, he's got to connect with something big. And it feels like if he does it early, like usually those big hulking football players will gas out 
pretty soon. So I, I'm going to pick Lane to win by knockout, but if he doesn't do it in the first round, I think he's screwed. Jake, how's this one going down? See, I'm on the other side. I'm on Tafa by knockout, but it also has to be in the first round because if it doesn't, if, if, if there's no knockout in the first round, this fight is going to be a sloppy, Ooh. gassed out, big boy decision. <laughs> it's gonna be, it's gonna be gross, man. So we'll we'll see if they can avoid the uh, the eye shots and the and the low blows early on. But it, it has potential to be a banger. I've won a lot of money on the past Tafa by knockout. I think ultimately. That's what we end up seeing. I think he finds his chin, and I think he puts him to sleep. So in the main event from Australia, Sean Strickland takes on Israel Adesanya. We've been talking about it a lot today. Obviously, none of us see a victory, to a path to victory for Sean Strickland. But let's say he does win, and let's say that Danny goes in there and has to put the belt around him, and Adesanya walks out. What do you think Strickland does? What do you think he says? Do you think he calls somebody out? PG-13, closer to NC-17. I mean, it feels like if the if the UFC could pick a guy that they didn't want to be champion, it would be Sean Strickland, but he just keeps winning fights. I, how do you think this goes down if he does win? Oh, man, that's crazy. Because <laughs> it's like we're all going with this place of, oh, there's no shot that he does win. But it right, isn't mixed martial arts. Out. Like, if crazy thing, crazy things have happened in this sport, if it does happen, I, dude, I don't even know. Like, first of all, Jeez. the dump button on that, I don't know what the rules are in Australia. Hopefully he doesn't get arrested in Australia just for words because I feel like they have stricter laws than we do. Second of all, just, yeah, like the rawest guy has no filter champion. They, I can't think of anybody who's kind of in that, category like it's 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 insane well okay first of all it's australia not russia so i think he's gonna be okay if he talks a little smack on the microphone afterwards i don't know is it crazy man. for me to think jake is it crazy for me to think that he goes if he's a big stretch that he goes the opposite way that he goes back to tarzan from way back in the day and he's somewhat respectable and he thanks the audience and he says izzy was a great champion and he tries to become marketable as a guy with a belt, you're shaking your head. No way? Nah, no no way. I mean, I don't know, though, because we have seen some wholesome Sean Strickland this week on a UFC Embedded. He's been hanging out with his girlfriend. It's been weird. But no, no, Sean's going to get on the mic and have Disney shaking because it's on ESPN and have the Australian government like, oh, my gosh, he's breaking all of our laws right now. It's going to be a disaster if Sean Strickland wins. I don't think you guys have ever – you guys know where Australia is, right? Talking about like it's Dude, some they, sort of a third-world country. Yes. They what got some laws, going? man. He was like, they're not going to let me in. I'm like, for what? I mean, he didn't <laughs> – you know, because like – so I'm, not, I'm just going based off of his welcome to Australia. It seems like it's been a, bit, a little bit shaky. Do we not see one of their fighters take off his shoe or somebody else's, put beer in it, and drink it after winning a fight? What are we talking about? You can do whatever you want over there. I think the problem is some of the uh, anti-LGBTQ rhetoric he spews. I think that's actually illegal in Australia. Oh, well, nobody's looking for any of that, but I am very curious. I kind of want him to win just to see what he says, just to see how he acts. Oh, it's going to be must-see. It's going to be a wild scene if he does win. There's no doubt. If he wins. I'm more interested in what he says on the microphone, actually, than how he actually wins the fight. I don't think he can win the fight. All right, that's it. 
For Jake Noaker, Brendan Tobin, Sports Machine, Sean Levine, appreciate you checking us out this week on Tapped Out YouTube, on the Odyssey app, wherever you find us. We'll be back next week right here on Tapped Out.